Every defined benefit pension fund is thinking about the end game. Until a couple of years ago, UK pension funds basically had two options available to them as they approached the end of their life cycle. Either pass over their assets to an insurance company or remain in the pension fund world. But since the emergence of consolidators, a whole new range of options has emerged. And in this podcast, we're going to consider some of the things that trustees need to think about as their scheme approaches its end game and explain why Kempen is well-placed to accompany that scheme on its journey. So my guests for today are Ian Brown, who's Head of Strategic Clients at Kempen. Ian helps our clients reach their funding objectives and provides some joined-up thinking beyond just investments in fiduciary management. And James Mullins, Head of Risk Transfer Solutions at Hyman's Robertson, helps trustees and companies find opportunities to ensure their risks in a cost-effective way, and he has worked on over 100 projects. My name is Nicholas Clapp, and I'm your moderator. Ian and James, welcome. Morning. Morning, Nicholas. Thank you. Um, so let's uh, get stuck into this. Um, there are essentially three broad endgame options for UK, UK defined benefit DB pension schemes, as we'll call them. Can you elaborate on um, on those three broad endgames and perhaps come to you first, Ian? Yeah, thank you, Nick. Yeah, It's good that you ask about the endgame options, Nick, um, because from my perspective, uh, an investment solution is only valid uh, in the context of, a pen- of the pension scheme challenge that is trying to be solved. Um, and one of those key challenges, of course, is the positioning of an investment portfolio for what we call the endgame. So to answer your question, uh, what are the three endgame options? Well, there's, there's insurance, and where an insurance company takes on the payment of members' benefits and in exchange receives pension scheme assets and typically an additional top-up payment. Uh, number two, there's, there's consolidation. Uh, operates almost identically to insurance, except assets and the top-up payments would pass to what we call the commercial consolidator, the important distinction here, of course, is that the consolidator operates under pension scheme rules um, rather than the insurance company operating under insurance company rules. Um, and the third and last one would be would be runoff, uh, where a pension scheme just continues to keep on paying members' benefits until there are no members left. This could be 30, 40 or even 50 years or more away. Um, yeah, perhaps the, the, the more orthodox of the options that yes. sort of has existed yeah. for a long time. Um, and, and, and just to continue that vein of thought, um, is it crystal clear for a client which option they should choose? And I, and I wanted to ask you that first of all, Ian, but I'm going to come to James afterwards because James obviously gets involved in that process at a very precise point and we'll have a view on that as well. Yeah, ab- absolutely not. Uh, it's definitely not crystal clear. Um, there are so many um, dynamics at play. Um, and you know, if you think about how an investment portfolio might have to change in the future, uh, from my, my perspective, I think um, a good investment portfolio needs to be both flexible um, and, and very agile. Um, and, and why? Um, well, we, we don't know how the scheme funding level is going to change in the future. Uh, there are a number of uh, economic and market reasons for funding level going off, of course. Um, we don't know how the financial um, ability of the sponsoring company is going to remain in terms of being able to support the the pension scheme in the future, uh, so that could change. And also, ultimately, um, the horizon to the end point could change over time. So I think in summary, I think that's why what I would say is investment agility uh, and flexibility is fundamentally key. 
Great. Um, and James, just coming to you, I mean, of those three areas that we talked about in the fir- in, that Ian talked about in the first question, insurance and consolidation and runoff, two of those sort of probably fall under your um, expertise. Um, what's your thought around sort of which option they should choose? You agree with Ian's points on that. I, th- I think the, the a common thing would be that consolidation would be a, a good outcome for certain pension schemes in, in situa- certain situations. But actually what we're seeing is a lot of trustees are deciding to use that as their sort of almost backup option. So they're, they're perhaps targeting uh, insurance, aiming for a full buyout, or they're, or they're going for runoff, with consolidation being a backup if, if things don't pan out how they expected in terms of their sort of support from their sponsoring employer. I think the, the other thing I was going to note is um, a lot of pension schemes that are targeting runoff my, my view is that that's fine, but actually one day I think it's likely that you, you decide actually, yeah, runoff's served us well up until now, but actually we've put up a healthy position in the scheme. We can afford to insure, so why wouldn't we? Uh, and from a sponsor perspective, that's a way of them accessing any surplus that's in the scheme potentially. So I think I think there'll be many schemes that are targeting runoff, but actually then switch to to a buyout option later on in their journey. Great. And James, just to stick with you, sort of... Um, and, and then come to Ian. So when it comes to the corporate perspective, how can that influence the investment journey? I think there's things like, so if you've got very strong support from your sponsor, then that's more likely that you're going to target buyout. Um, if if the sponsor support is, is weak, then consolidation is more likely to come into play. Um, there's then also things like, you know, sponsors may have a strong view on how much risk, investment risk they want the trustees to take. Um, that's then an interesting conversation and trustees may well go back to them and say, well, look, okay, we might be willing to do that, but what's the protection that you're giving us in return for taking that risk? So, you know, are there any guarantees from the sponsor or, or contingent protection? And the other thing that often comes into play is the accounting impact of some of these long-term objectives. So if you do a buyout, that will create a balance sheet impact and that balance sheet impact may well go through the profit and loss account, which can be a significant issue for some companies. And so trustees understanding that dynamic early on is important to know whether actually are there any barriers to our chosen plan? If so, how, how are we going to address those over time? Yeah, and Nick, maybe I can just come in on that as well. I mean, James has articulated the, the, the end point very well there. I mean, what I'd like to maybe just comment on is the, the impact of the journey leading up to, to the end point, the end game. And I think one key area would be the size of the pension scheme relative to the to the company that sits behind the pension scheme. Um, you know, for example, if the pension scheme is very large relative to the to the company, um, then the company's trading position um, and balance sheet strength uh, can come into play in determining what the suitable investment portfolio might be. For example, um, if the company's trading position was to worsen. Um, it may be incumbent upon the trustees of that pension fund uh, to adopt a lower risk investment portfolio. And on the other hand, um, perhaps a company that's got a strong balance sheet uh, might be able to offer a parental guarantee or even some security over a over a company asset, uh, which then frees up the pension scheme to perhaps um, seek investment return uh, with a little bit more risk on the table. And James, of course, has touched on um, accounting matters and um, not specific to US companies, but I've advised a lot of US companies over the years. And to James's point, um, anything you do with investment portfolio 
uh, can have a significant impact on how a US corporate um, sees things very much. So in summary, from my perspective, I think um, the company, I would say, is what a, a critical influencer um, in how investment portfolios are constructed. And just to follow on from that, we talk a bit about the capital structure there and the health of the capital structure, but anything in the DNA of the corporate itself in terms of private, listed, those type of hallmarks? Yeah, I think, I mean, there's probably a... There would be a a difference in... um, The the obvious one, Nick, I think, would be the difference between um, whether this sponsor is is a corporate um, or is is it private equity back, for instance, yeah? Um, because the, the, if you like, the outlook, the duration at which the, which the corporate will look at things from a pension scheme perspective is very different from a private equity backer who quite easily could take a three to five year time horizon um, and want risk bedded down in the pension fund over that period, yeah? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, private equity holder might wish to see um, perhaps even a lower risk position adopted in, in five years' time such that when they're trying to exit... Um, there's um, less unpredictability left within the pension fund. Great. And <clears throat> what about the interaction between the end game and responsible investing? Yes. Um, well, very, very topical subject and indeed uh, responsible investing. Um, I think it depends on on duration, probably, in my opinion. Um, you know, pension schemes um, these days clearly have ambitions to be... Um, Neutral by 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 twenty by twenty fifty and by that I mean net, net zero by by twenty fifty. Um, now clearly, if you're going to think about doing an insurance transaction in a couple of years' times time, perhaps that implies that um, perhaps you know ESG considerations are slightly less important. Um, so I think for a scheme who um, has committed to perhaps runoff, uh, looking at that thirty plus year time horizon. Uh, responsible investment is going to be hugely critical in terms of um, how they approach it and how they expect their fund managers to approach it. And James, same question for you as well, but sort of you've had that experience of of, across those hundred deals and how things might have changed over recent years as well with regard to responsible investing? Yeah, there's been a rapid um, acceleration in, in the interest and focus that's being put on ESG credentials when trustees are thinking about transactions with third parties um, and I think that trend is only clearly only going to continue over the next five and ten years and beyond. I think the key thing for trustees, so if your end game objective is buyout, then it's really important for the trustees and sponsoring employers to be aware of insurance companies' ESG credentials. So if you complete a buy-in transaction they are a very long-term investment for the trustees and for their members. So ESG is is critical um you, you know you need to make sure that that investment in that insurance policy is going to stand the test of time so it's well worth taking into account esg credentials when you're selecting your chosen insurance company for a buy-in and making sure that you as trustees making that decision have got access to really comprehensive information on the on how the different insurance companies rate against those sort of esg factors so um james perhaps i can come to you on this question so um you know Kempen well, um, and, and what's your view of how Kempen is placed to help clients reach their end game? I think they're brilliantly placed to, to help clients do that. I think all my dealings with Kempen, the, the individuals and at, at, at a company level, the, the team is really passionate about always doing the right thing for their clients. And they have a real focus on understanding their clients' long-term objective 
and then working hard to build a strategy to get them there and developing that strategy over time as, as conditions change. Um, so I think that's the sort of first and foremost thing. I, I like the way they're also agnostic about which solution or provider or endgame strategy is, is, is the right one. The, you know, the, there's no sort of biases or preferences there. Um, and I think that's important because if you have advisors and providers that are truly whole of market, they're going to pick the right solution for you. Uh, and in the context of the buy-in market, for example, if you are whole of market, that you often see a range of 4% from the sort of most expensive insurer down to the most competitive insurer. So on a £100 million buy-in transaction, that whole of market approach, you know, could be worth you know up to four million pounds which is clearly powerful uh and the team the team i deal with are made up from people with a whole range of different experiences and backgrounds so some of the points we talked about earlier like the accounting impacts and understanding how investment strategy needs to fit with the actual advice and the valuation processes you know can have people with those backgrounds which is powerful you know you need first-hand knowledge of how to link those things together um you know, and first and foremost, just a great track record of putting that into practice and building the right strategies to get trustees to their end game. And, and Nick, you've you've heard me um, say this many times, but um, and it and it links back to what James has just said there. But I think for me, what sets Kempen apart is that we think out, outside in. Yeah, we're, we're not just about constructing an investment portfolio for return risk or investment efficiency reasons. Um, but we we truly, truly start from a client perspective, trying to understand the pension fund strategy, trying to understand the corporate strategy, trying to understand the corporate challenges, um, and then feeding that into how we then construct an investment portfolio. And I think that really does set us apart. And, and, and Ian, um, do you have a specific example of how that will have worked in the past? Yes. Um, um, one, one specific um, um, example would be where the um, the client, um, a US a US parent, um, had a significant um, accounting issue. I won't go into all the details here, but um, had a significant um, what we call a pension accounting deficit sitting on the, on their balance sheet. Um, and to actually undertake a, what I would call an, an end game option in terms of the insurance market. So to James, and James has talked about it, but to be able to transact an insurance buy-in on an insurance buyout, um, this particular issue would have had a significant impact on their profit and loss account. Yeah, so it was actually an obstacle to the um, to that particular option being pursued at that point in time. So that particular client um, then went into into runoff. Um, so we're now, or we were in the process of um, actually helping that client with that investment journey um, at a pace and at a speed um, where they could actually start taking some risk completely off the table to the insurance market by doing partial, very small partial buy-ins as part of a... You know, part of a don't have a the longer. same accounting impact. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Great. Thanks, both of you. That, that was sort of all triggered by the question about um, but how well Kempen is uh, placed to reach the end game. And thank you, James, for those very kind words as well. Um, we're just coming towards the end of it now and sort of perhaps just to think back over what um, both of you have been able to share with us. Um James, I'll come to you in a second, but Ian, is there one key takeaway that you want our listeners to sort of depart with today? Yeah, it's a good question, Nick. I think for me, um, it, it has to be about how fiduciary managers behave. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, 
fiduciary managers, and I include ourselves in this, fiduciary managers mustn't just think about the investment portfolio. They, they must analyse and understand the overall strategy of both the pension fund and the corporate. Yeah. And, and then only by understanding the strategy of the corporate and the pension fund can they then really uh, construct an investment portfolio that's, that's right for today, uh, but that's going to be adaptable and agile going forward. Yeah. And James, your, your key takeaway? Yeah, my key thought is, so if you're trustees thinking about your long-term objective or reviewing your existing objective for the long term, the key thing is to make sure you've got a realistic, up-to-date assessment of your current buyout deficit and how long that deficit is expected to take to clear. Uh, and the reason I say that is I think if you have that information, you can then carefully assess whether, okay, actually is that a realistic target or or actually is runoff more appropriate or is there something in between? And actually, many trustees in doing that will be pleasantly surprised with the results because buyout pricing has been particularly competitive in recent months with the cost of insuring deferred member liabilities as, in particular as, as materially reduced recently. So it's, it's really important to have a handle on where are you today, you get that realistic picture and then how does that fit into your thinking? And I think that then puts you in the best possible position to review your end game and then working with people like Kemp and build the most appropriate investment strategy to get you there. Great. Thank you, James. Um, so we've come to the end of our podcast spotlight on fiduciary management. Um, Ian and James, thank you very much for sharing your thoughts with us today. Um, it's an area that will continue to change and evolve as new solutions come to the market. And so we'll probably return to this at another point in the future. But if you'd like to know more on fiduciary management solutions, look at our website, www.kempen.com, where you'll find a host of articles, white papers, videos, and lots more to keep you excited. 